while we're singing to the ocean in such bliss, these humpback whales came and swam and joined us in song, in their song. And when I came back to this reality from that experience, I just started crying because it was this deep inner knowing that everything I had been studying about, everything I had been resonating with was true without a doubt in my soul anymore. And it didn't matter what other people thought. And that was my family in that lifetime. And that was why I had such a deep connection with whales and dolphins and this like emotional response. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical spiritual beings. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to a, another endeavor and adventure into a heartfelt spiritual topic designed to pull back some of the deeper layers of your heart. And uh, today's conversation, I like to say this, I'm always excited for the beautiful guests I get to have chats with, but today's dialogue has something different about it and i think it's 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 magical sort of starseed celestial essence that we'll get into today but before i introduce the lovely lady i have here with me and the topic we can get into i want to welcome all the people joining in the facebook group and on linkedin and youtube as always if you have comments questions that you want to add to this topic today that come up as we go into all things whales, star seeds, cosmic healing, please add them in as we go. And if you're listening on the podcast, please share this out with a friend, a family member, a lover that you think this can support. With all of that, I want to welcome the lovely Aishra here on the show today. Aishra is a Lemurian mermaid. We're going to speak about that. She's a starseed soul, a performer, a sound healer, and a retreat leader. With her help today, we're going to be talking about the echoes of Lemuria, remembering your ancient wisdom through whales, dolphins, and a lot of other beautiful cosmic topics. Aishra, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and really excited to deep dive into our conversation today. For all the people that are aren't watching the live and are just listening to the podcast, you have a beautiful background in your Zoom. Can you explain where that is for people? Yes. So behind me are the Polynesian Islands and they are located in between if uh, Hawaii, Easter Island and New Zealand were a triangle, the Polynesian Islands are in the middle. Yep. And they're known to be the heart of Mu or Lemuria, what it, mm. what the remnants of it, of that mm. area. Mm. So very significant. And we're gonna we're gonna break all that down today. But before we get to that, Aishra, I would love to really set 
this conversation and stage with learning a little bit more about you. You've shared your beautiful story with me, but for the people that are tuning in today, I think your journey as a performer, as someone that's worked with animals and canine psychology and your sound healing, I think it's a a beautiful journey of spiritual awakening that's led you to you know, the work that you're doing today that we're going to talk about. So I'd love for you to share, you know, whatever whatever moments of your story that you feel are relevant to start this conversation into all things Lemuria and whales and their wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. My journey has been a very unique path led by the heart. Um, yeah. So I'll just start with when I was in kindergarten, when I was four years old, I think that was when it was like um, an experience that I can look back on and realize how much we actually know about ourself and our purpose, even from a young age, um, that information is available. So at four years old, I prophesized that I would assist in humanity's emotional healing through the support of animals. I was given a piece of paper that said, when I grow up, I want to be blank. And I wrote nurse. And I drew a a photo of a hospital and a person lying on the bed with a frown on her face and blue tears coming from her eyes and then a dog next to her with a smile on its face. And there was no doctor um, or actual nurse in the room. The dog was the healer. So it was a representation of the emotional healing that happens when animals and humans connect, when we experience their presence and unconditional love. What um, and Aisha, if I could just you know interrupt here super quick, it and you can maybe tell me if this resonates with you, but it also highlights your role in that, right? Your role as the facilitator and the magical presence that you are in facilitating that emotional healing connection. Would you Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I've always had this really deep connection with animals, this deep understanding of them. Um, I've been through many things in my life as far as uh, just emotional wounds uh, that can happen in this realm of, you know, like betrayal and things. And I've always just felt this unconditional love and this safety with animals because mm. they're so vulnerable, like they're in the, in the moment and they communicate through energy and body language and they're transparent in that way. Yeah. Even yeah. if they are, don't want to be approached, um, they'll show you, you know, yeah. they don't, I like to describe it as, and people have different opinions on this, but I like to describe it as they don't have an ego, right? They don't have a, or if they do have an ego, it's a very different kind of structure to ours, right? They're less, impacted by you know limitations they're less impacted by shoulds and coulds they just follow that impulsive intuitive hit correct yes yes very in the moment very instinctual so Mm -hmm. so tell me Aishra you know you had this beautiful uh journey and there's an awakening moving through you where do 
where do sea sea life and this the sea world where does that come into the picture for people listening yeah so luckily sea world never came into the picture but whenever i was in eighth grade I was assigned a career project, another big pivotal point. There's a lot of things that happened whenever I was in eighth grade, Um, but I chose marine mammal training and I wasn't living near the ocean uh, as far as like close to the ocean. I had never seen a marine mammal in this lifetime, but I found this video on the internet and I had animals ever since I was born many animals. And I was a gymnast at the time. So I was like, what? I could work with these dolphins and whales and take care of them and play with them for a job. And I was like fit to do it. Um, I was like, this is what I want to do. And that's when my love and then which became like an obsession for marine mammals first began. I remember my, my mother and brother, they uh, took me to this facility in Florida at the time it was like Gulf world, kind of like a sea world, but I think it was rescued, uh, dolphins. And when I saw a dolphin for the first time, it was such this mm-hmm. deep emotional response. Yeah. And I remember noticing that no one else around me seemed to be impacted in this way. Like I was in tears, you yeah. know, and, and some people were just like sli- slightly amused, but, um, that's well, what I, that- I can I ask, you know, what do you think? that was do you think it was just a animal having a beautiful impact on your emotional release or do you think it was something more impactful than that it was a remembrance it was a soul remembrance and recognition Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's very important for people to hear because i um just for new listeners of the show i speak a lot about emotional healing and it's important to understand that emotions you know, we need to release them, feel them, acknowledge them, do all the things in terms of healing pain, trauma, et cetera. But what I think is more significant is to see their link to our spiritual history, right? Our spiritual, as you beautifully just said, our spiritual remembrance and our soul connection. So yeah, please, please keep continuing. So we had that remembrance mm-hmm. and then Yes. And before I continue on from eighth grade, there are a couple other um important factors there that eighth grade was when I started playing the guitar and writing my own songs, um, taking poems that I'd written and creating songs. I was going through a lot, uh, emotionally at the time. And I had been a dancer my whole life, uh, growing up in dance classes, but I'd suffered a uh, injury being bucked off of a horse. Um, it was a unique it was a unique experience. It wasn't like the horse's fault. It was something that caused it. But, um, that was when I developed like a neck injury, my first neck and spine injury that then started this long journey of pain. Um, fast forward to, um, you know, graduating, I knew I didn't want to work at SeaWorld. So I started studying canine psychology, getting into field of animal psychology to get my foot in the door working with animals because I didn't know how to work with whales and dolphins in that intimate way that I envisioned. Um, and then I also around that time or like a couple years after started, I discovered flow arts. I discovered fire spinning and I was 
I was immediately mesmerized. I was so captivated by it. And I was like, what is that? I want to learn it. And I immediately started learning it. And to touch back on that soul recognition, I realized years later that that was a similar experience because my heart um, and soul is so drawn to the Pacific Islands because of my connection with Lemuria. And that's where fire spinning originated. So of course there would be this like, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Aisha, um, I'll jump in here super quick because I want to make sure people hear what you're saying. Right. This is not an Aisha thing, right? This is not a you know, a, a beautiful mermaid in your words that are sort of uh, acknowledging your distant past. One of the intentions I wanted to have for this show was, you know, I have a lot of starseed souls that I would classify them as in my audience that, you know, they're always asking, how do we sort of tap into these remembrances? How do we learn to acknowledge them more? So let me, you know, ask you in this moment in regards to the fire spinning, in regards to, you know, what you started at, seeing around the marine life was there was there fear there first was there fear around the pool that you were having was there a feeling of oh, i just want to go all in or was there was it something in between how did you embrace that calling thank you yeah no fear at all deep deep pull from my heart um when i would think about whales and dolphins, specifically humpback whales, when I would think about them and I would envision swimming with them and looking them in the eye, I would, I would start to cry. Like I would be bawling and and I had no idea, like, I didn't understand why I get so emotional about it. Um, I mean, it was to the point where I was like, all I want to do before I die is like swim with a humpback whale. And I don't even, I would be happy if I like passed in the ocean like you it was so no fear no fear at all but on that on that note I will add that some star seeds that were in Lemuria or in during the time of the fall experienced the you know trauma of that and um it there was the flooding and so some star seeds have this like deep love for the water and a deep fear at the same time so let's let's talk about this for a moment please because this is i'm so i hadn't planned to speak about this but i'm so happy that you're bringing this up because i just want to conceptualize this for everyone tuning in i think we're at a collective understanding that we can put together the dots that if i harrison experienced trauma in my childhood as a little boy, then if I enter a similar situation as an adult, that I will be triggered by that unhealed wound, right? I think collectively we've all come to a point where we're starting to really understand that. But what I think we overlook is what you're saying, is these past life, starseed, celestial, cosmic, whatever you want to name it. But same function here some traumatic past we've exist we've lived in either ancestrally or past life that impacts us deeply so Aisha let me ask you 
uh, I don't know if you've you've moved through some of these wounds, but I know you probably helped people that have. How do we how do we move through those kinds of you know uh, Lemurian Atlantis type of traumas? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, whenever we realize like we are these eternal souls and we are infinitely connected, it we can understand deeper. I can it makes sense how like obviously when you experience a trauma in your childhood and it goes unresolved and unprocessed, um, pushed aside, avoided, it's just going to fester and then it plays out in these different situations throughout your life. Because, you know, if you have this unworthiness wound, then you keep uh, finding yourself in these situations where you're you're not like um, setting those like boundaries of, of what you deserve and what you give and equal return. But I mean, there's generational trauma and there's also um, just like the cosmic collective, like things that we've all been through the, yeah. So in my experience with working with dogs professionally for over a decade, and helping them move through traumas um, at a significant pace, really, that that helped me understand so much about humans too, and, and our trauma. And of course, I've worked through my own and many different variations. But this was really uh, amazing to uh, learn. Is that like to um, overcome it? you have to go through it. Like you can't go around it. You can't avoid it. Um, so with dogs, when you're working on healing a trauma, it's a process of desensitization, desensitizing them to that thing that they're reactive to the stimulus and counter conditioning. So um, changing the emotional response in the brain and so you start with the stimulus at a distance that's going to keep them under the threshold. So it keeps them from, from being reactive. Um, and then you slowly start to integrate that and um, get them closer to the stimulus while they are um, still under the threshold and you're Re, you're pairing the stimulus with positive associations. So you're changing uh, their emotional response to it. So if you look at humans, like in the same way, if someone has a fear of water, they're not, it's going to be hard to overcome it unless they end up getting in the water at some point. And it's not necessarily to dive headfirst into the ocean, but in, in these like steps and, and also, um, something that's really big is like past life regression. Yeah. Um, that's well, something, uh, Pause there for a second, Aisha, because I think this would lead us into the whale connection, right? I think this would lead us into the the whale piece. So can you describe for us, because you gave us a beautiful image there with the with the dogs and how the, the canine connection really supports us. Before we started recording, you were telling me about the emotional intelligence of of whales themselves. So continue what you're about to say about past lives, but where does, where do the whales now fit into this? And let, let's keep using this example of someone that maybe has a, 
Lumerian or Atlantean past life wound around water, where does the whale's emotional intelligence support in that healing? Mm. Yeah, so with whales and their emotional intelligence it's it's so vast you know and um i will kind of explain what it's like to connect with whales from my my please, perspective please and yeah. my uh, experience so as i mentioned before when i would think about them and swimming with them i would get so emotional that i i thought that you know i would maybe hyperventilate or something because I would just be like so excited, but it was actually the opposite. Whenever I was actually in the water with dolphins and whales, with humpback whales specifically, it was, it is the deepest peace I've ever felt. It, you, you just feel their ancient wisdom. You feel the knowledge within the, within them, um, I feel like I'm looking into the eyes of God mm. and I'm just so present in that moment. Um, and I feel deeply seen by mm. them. And I feel this, uh, again, like the soul recognition with them, the humpback whales, they have this energy that is wise it, it is ancient. They are so magnificent and huge, but they are just floating there and moving with ease and grace. And they can really help with finding that, that peace, the deep mm. peace and inner knowing. And the dolphins, they're so playful and activating. Um, they they're extremely emotionally intelligent and they can pick up on us mm. and they can actually attune us with their echolocation yeah so mm. oh i have so many questions bubbling up but i i just want to share an image that i'm getting have you um have you seen the most recent avatar film aishra my friend i have uh, yeah yeah so I, I, you know, I'm lots of opinions on that film, but that's not a, it's not a topic for today, but I just, for people that have seen it, you know, a big theme of that is the humans or the, 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 the Navi's relationship to the whales and, and the, the whale species they have on the movie. And this is really what I want to sort of ask you here in relation to this, this presence that you're talking about and this, you know, seeing into their eyes and feeling deep peace. Do you feel that this is an example of what it's like to be around, you know, a human that, you know, we spoke earlier about moving beyond the ego, like whales, it sounds like from what you're saying, they're in that presence or that divinity or that power, whatever you want to call it. It sounds like they're in that all the time. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel like it's 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 their it's their divinity that's moving through them, or do you think it's something more than that? 
Yes, absolutely. As I, as I mentioned, they are such emotionally intelligent and in tune creatures. Mm. They are also, um, you know, such high dimensional creatures. And I really believe that they are here to help us remember who we are and to aid in our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. Uh, and also to like uphold the energy, the energetic um, system of the earth in the way that they migrate and they're like vortexing and charging the waters of the earth, yeah. the way they charge the ley lines. Yeah, that's so cool. You explained that to me and I was like, oh, that makes that makes so much sense, right? The the world is a beautiful uh, macrocosm of the microcosm that we are, right? And we have structured water inside of us and we have our own uh, version of that. But when you expand it out to the world, what's the mechanism for charging the water of the world? And the whales are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, to touch on like the emotionally healing effects on people, there have been uh, a lot more studies on dolphins because there have been a lot of rescued and unfortunately not rescued uh, dolphins in captivity. But yeah, there's just more documentation on it, even though they both have these incredible abilities. There's lots of um cases of dolphin assisted therapy that's been shown to help people with depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, you know, in various studies, they reduce symptoms of anxiety and improve overall mood. Um, yeah, they also have helped like with mentally healing people, their interactions, they've been known to enhance co cognitive function um, and help developmental disorders. Oh, sorry. I, oh, you're all good. I, well, I'll, I'll jump in here, Aisra. I think, you know, what you're explaining is, you know, whether it's the, the dolphins and their ability to help with the mental challenges or the whales and their ability to connect to peace and presence. It, for me, it shows the intelligence that exists beyond words, right? Intelligence that exists beyond, you know, I, Harrison, I'm speaking, I'm sharing on a topic with my words, that's intelligence. But then intelligence is also, you know, the frequency, the energy, the presence that these beautiful mammals give us, right? Um, Aishra, I want to shift here a little bit because I want to... I call it infinite intelligence. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to shift here a little bit, Aisha, to uh, Lumeria as a topic. And I think most of my audience, I feel tuning in, understand the significance of Lumeria and what it is. But for the, for the new person that has been drawn to your energy in this topic today, we spoke, spoke about this at the start in regards to the Polynesian islands. But can you explain to someone that is new to this, maybe has a feeling around Lumeria and Atlantis, but still has no understanding. How do you explain Lumeria to people that are new and are still putting their toes in the water? 
Absolutely. So, um, Lemuria was an ancient civilization that existed before and during Atlantis. And it was seeded by different star lineages like Sirius, the Pleiades, um, the Andromedans, etc. And it existed in the area of the Polynesian Islands. It's also connected to California, Mount Shasta, and there are different portals around the world. The energy of Lemuria is a civilization that was very emotionally advanced and emotionally in tune. Um, there were different dimensional beings. There were a lot of beings that were more so in, in their light bodies. Mm. And it was also a civilization that was deeply connected to the earth, connected to the water and to the marine life, to the dolphins and the whales. Um, they were in tune with their psychic abilities, very empathic, telepathic. They would communicate a lot through sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I can't remember if I asked you this, but you've, I assume you've probably studied the work of Dolores Cannon. I sure I'm sure. Have you gone down that rabbit hole? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for people tuning in, I did an episode, I'll put in the show notes, uh, between episode 10 and 20, I can't remember the exact number, but I did a deep dive on all things Dolores Cannon and her work. And she speaks about all these past lives that we've all had, most of us in relation to Lemuria and Atlantis. And my question for you, Aishra, and I, I don't expect you to have <laughs> a a very you know deep question to this, but I'm just interested as a person that thinks about this himself. What do you, what do you think is the significance of us as people now connecting to our past lives in Lemuria? Why is it important for, I'll use me as an example. Why is it important for Harrison to reawaken his, let's say his abilities that he had activated in Lemuria? Why is it important now to do that? Absolutely. It's an amazing question. So I think that there are many different reasons, um, you know, that it can, that it's beneficial to connect with our past lives. Sometimes whenever people think of that, they think of someone remembering, oh, I was this person or this person or king or queen. And it's like, um, that, and then that's all they think of it. Right. But we can have these past life remembrances that are so powerful that they truly, um, they're so validating for who we are in this life and things that we were already drawn to and already connected with. We can have these past life experiences that um, make it all make sense and also help us to remember like who we truly are as a soul, yeah. what our divine essence is, what and what our soul purpose is, what is our mission uh, here in this lifetime? Like, why did we incarnate on earth in this lifetime? 
Um, there's also lots of healing that can be done through past life regression and, and through connecting with our past lives, just as we were speaking earlier about, you know, having this deep trauma from being in um, traumatic experiences in those lifetimes, past life regression can be an amazing way to clear those, uh, those traumas. And I did note it, or I did uh, realize that whenever I was sharing, we didn't get to that point of like how I'm connecting with the whales and dolphins today. I'd love we could let's jump there next, Aisha. But just before you do, I just again I want to underline the significance of realignment to soul purpose and soul mission. Because I'm sure you've noticed this in your work. I've seen it in my world. One of the symptoms of that Lemurian Atlantis starseed trauma, one of the symptoms of that I've seen is wanting to go home, right? Wanting to leave this earth leave this body, leave this, you know, situation and wanting to go back to the stars. And I don't, there's no judgment on that. I've had that experience myself, but when you heal and you move through it and connect back to that soul purpose, you remember the only home you need to be at is here now. Right. So let's shift back into where you're going about with the connecting to the whales and the dolphins. Yes, and that was a great topic to bring up. It's one um, common trait of star seeds. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for old souls, we've incarnated in so many different places, so many different dimensions. Uh, I think something that really helped me to grasp these concepts is that um, when you think of star lineages and you think of, I mean, there are um, people that have had lives on Venus and I, I'm one of them. It's in, in Sirius and um, other other places, it's a dimension. Um, just like we have the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh dimension, there um, are many different layers of all of this. So it's we have experienced other places, other dimensions of such beauty and such high frequency and unity and love. Um, and so we, we have that remembrance, right? And so it can be really hard to be here on the third dimension, but a lot of these star seeds, they're here for the purpose. Like we all, all have our own unique gifts and purposes, but the common theme and thread is that we're here to help the earth, help the ascension uh, of the um, earth, the people on the earth and the protection of the earth too, because we have seen the destruction that causes, is caused by imbalance. And so um, we're, we're kind of at that point again, you know, we have so much like destruction and catastrophe going on in the world. And so a lot of us are really here to like try to help people to wake up, wake up and remember, uh, you know, and break the cycle. Right. You said it, you said it like this is, and th this is another link here I want to make to Atlantean and, and, and um, Lumerian times. There was a downfall. 
there was a downfall in Lemaire in Atlantis. We all know about this. And what you're describing now is this, the cyclical nature of time, how we're in another cycle of potential downfall, but all these beautiful starseed souls are coming in with this soul contract with the earth and her soul so we can break that cycle. So we can, you know, different names for this, but ascend or step into the new earth and all the things. So uh, let's let's go back, Aisha, because I want to. I do want to hear about your beautiful connection to how you connect to the whales, you connect to the dolphins, and why that's important for people to hear. Yes, absolutely. One more note is that it's a common feeling for Mintakan star seeds to feel homesick mm. because Mintaka was in the belt of Orion and it was um it's one of the places that mermaids, dolphins, and whales originate. So is Sirius. But um Mintaka got like taken over. Um and so they fled from their home. So there is this common theme of the homesick feeling that's also another place that i have incarnated um so we were at i began my journey with um canine psychology and fire spinning and um also i continued singing and writing songs so i uh, have been a, cane, a professional canine psychologist and performer, uh, dancer, fire performer, like multi-prop fire performer, um, and other kinds of props for, um, I don't know, like 12 years or so. And I have also been, um, you know, continuing to sing and create music. And even though I hadn't no fear with the performing maybe at first, but I mean, I've performed in front of 80,000 people and been totally fine to sing in front of others was I would have crippling fear yeah. and anxiety. It was so vulnerable. You're not alone and, in that one. I think I feel a yeah. lot of us have that fear. Yeah. It's such a vulnerable expression of the heart. Um, and then also along that journey, you know, I, have been on my spiritual path, um, studying many different healing modalities and philosophies and, um, you know, consciousness and healthy eating and going to, uh, my performing has taken me around the United States and internationally to these different transformational experiences, these beautiful events, uh, and, and retreats and things that I was able to be a part of further learning and sharing. And, um, I also have been hosting events too, but so I've been studying about ancient civilizations, Lemuria, Akashic records, and past lives for many years. Um, they, it would come in through these different like sprinkles and synchronicities, and there would always be this deep, deep soul resonance. And one day there was a very significant life-changing experience that happened to me. So I was in water holding my Lemurian record keeper crystal. And I was, I started to sing. I was in a spa, but I was alone. Um, so I started to hum 
and just hum a little louder and louder. And um, all of a sudden I was taken to this place that was more vivid than any dream or any experience I'd ever had. I was completely unaware of my physical body in this reality. And I was on an island and I remember there was this crystal city, almost like quartz city. And I was on like this slab of quartz and there were hundreds of these angelic star beings. I was one of them. And we had this white, like opalescent kind of translucent, almost sparkly skin and big blue eyes. And we were singing in this choir. There's a couple hundred of us and I was leading part of this choir and we were facing the ocean in this like half circle uh, wrapped around. We were like up uh, on a hill wrapped around this like cove. There's these mountains in between us, these huge waterfalls. And while we were singing to the ocean in such bliss, these humpback whales came and swam and joined us in song, in their song. And when I came back to this reality from that experience, I just started crying because it was this deep inner knowing that everything I had been studying about, everything I had been resonating with was true without a doubt in my soul anymore. And it didn't matter what other people thought. And that was my family in that lifetime. And that was why I had such a deep connection with whales and dolphins and this like emotional response. So yeah, what, what was that experience and how did that affect me after? So what the experience was, was I was channeling music from the Akashic records and the Akashic records are the in uh, it's the energetic library of all of existence, um, the past, present, future, every thought, every action, um, and we're able to tap into that and channel information. Um, you know, you, you probably have heard of Akashic record readings. Yeah. So we can do, we can go through these like past life regressions and we can, uh, heal through trauma, but we can also, yeah, maybe we like might remember a life as a King, but we can also remember these moments of extreme beauty and, um, yeah, like I said, I was leading a, a choir in this experience. And so what happened after was not only did I have the confidence to fully step into what I'm doing today, but my voice opened. Shifted. Yeah, my voice opened in a way where I was ready to share my music with the world. I started um recording my own original music I started creating a different kind of music from like indie folk love songs to sound healing sound journeys these like Lemurian angelic sometimes like shamanic um ethereal channeled mm. uh transmissions yeah, transmissions yeah yeah and now you know singing in front of hundreds of people and and being excited about it so it's just like a little example of how powerful these experience 
experiences can be and how positively they can impact your life just in instant. Yeah. So Aisha, first of all, thank you for sharing that beautiful example and and your journey with us. I'm so happy we went back there so you could express it. You know, many different things we could go off on from that story, but I think the most profound, especially for people in my audience and that listen to the show is you didn't receive that channel and ignore it. You didn't receive that channel and relegate it as a a mental thing or a dream or a, you know, just the thing that happened. You, not only did you feel it fully and receive it fully, you took action on it, right? You started to embody it. And I think this is something, this is a muscle and a skill that we can all learn to do, right? Because I think, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. We, we live in a world where we relegate our knowing, our power, our ability to decide to outside people, right? To a doctor, a teacher, a professional, et cetera, right? And we need those people in our life to a degree. But within that, we release our ability to take choice on our inner reflections, on our inner experiences that you had. So I guess my question for you, Aisha, for, because I have a lot of, you know, intuitives, starseed souls, healers, you know, beautiful spiritual beings that tune into this, these episodes that have had these experiences, but they find it hard to integrate it, to embody it, to take action on it. What would you say to those souls to help them do so? Yes. So my experience was so powerful. And when I share it, it may seem potentially scary for some for someone um, because it was so powerful and because it just happened. But I was very open to it. I don't think that I think everything happens when we're ready, you know, Um I was, I was so open to the experience and it was in the middle of the day. I was at a spa, like completely sober. There, there was no, um, nothing else it could be. There was, yeah. There was no, um, <laughs> other explanation. Like it was just this, it was more vivid, like I said, than any dream, any experience I've ever had. And, um, what was the second part of your question? Like, how can we integrate it? Yeah. How can we, cause you know, I, I'll give me as an example. I, uh, I get a lot of these kinds of experiences, for example, in my dream world, when I meditate and, you know, sometimes, you know, the 3d world comes in with its requirements of us and we can sort of, you know, put it to the side. So how do we integrate it and then, you know, take action on it? Mm-hmm. I think that it was easy for me to integrate because I was already on that path because this is a huge part of my dharma is to share these things with people um to you know teach them about ancient civilizations about the akashic records guide them like through these kinds of experiences help them connect with the dolphins and the whales and this was it was like um 
what was really needed at that time. I was already, uh, this is a, a point I didn't mention yet because there's just so much. The conversation has been amazing. But along my journey, I did find um, my, my mentor. Yeah, so I was watching this show it's initiation on Gaia you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it by Matthias de Stefano and he's talking about Lemuria and how it's connected to the Polynesian islands and that was the first I heard of it so I looked them up and I immediately had this again emotional response when I see the islands and I see that that's one of the only places to legally swim with humpback whales so of course I'm like who knows anything about the Polynesian islands and swimming with whales and that's how I found my mentor, um, who's been leading whale retreats, but not these like mystery schools, um, that I have created, but so I was already on that path, but she really helped me to give me that extra, like, I was like, should I go like, uh, full send and like, you know, uh, and she was like, yes, you, you should like, this is who you are. But as far as like integrating these experiences, obviously being with yourself and like journaling and reflecting on this and talking about it with others that you love that are um, a safe space, people who will validate your experience. And then also, you know, people that have knowledge in these in these spaces, too, because they can help you to understand some of these things, these experiences and feelings that you're happening, having. Um, it's so powerful whenever we come together with these like minded souls that are called and like drawn to these uh, specific things, because when we come together, it's this feeling of safety and this deep soul recognition within each other. It's like, a, oh, I see myself in you and you remind me of who I am, right? If there's like, um, you know, if you're extremely drawn to Egypt and other people are as well, it's like, you're likely going to have this soul resonance with them. Yeah. It's, I refer to it as the divine mirror right? You, you find a divine mirror of your beautiful soul. And, you know, I want to make this very clear. I'm so happy that you brought up your mentor and that supported you in the integration process. I want to make this clear for people listening. It can be you going out there into the physical world and searching, but I've noticed it's, it's almost more impactful when you magnetize it in, when you, when it comes into your world, right? When it comes in as a DM or it comes in as a, you know, random Facebook posts or it comes in as an email or whatever, you know, this is another thing we can manifest, right? We can manifest someone that is us, right? We can, if we feel like our family, our friends don't support us, then manifest someone that does, right? Do you agree with that, Aishra? Yes, I believe it's inevitable that we will meet these souls along our path that are, meant to you know we're meant to reflect back and forth with each other and we have these codes for each other and we also have we have everything within us too and um 
even if you do go to a teacher or a guide, a healer, coach, whatever, they're, they're not facilitating the healing. They're not, um, you know, facilitating this remembrance. They might help you, um, they might guide you through a journey where you are in this relaxed state and you're allowing the remembrance and the healing and the release to happen, but they're not doing it. So ultimately it's always within you anyway, but it can just be good to have support systems too. Yeah. So happy yeah. that you highlighted that, right? It's, I mean, that's, that's the mirror, right? They are reflecting you. They're reflecting your essence and, you know, often the things that are stopping us from seeing that are those traumas that we spoke about earlier, right? Whether it's in this lifetime or in past lifetimes, and often they have the tools and the magic to help you find what is needed to break through that illusion. I um, Aisha, mm. I, I could talk about this topic with you for a very long time, and <laughs> I uh, hope to one day meet you in the physical and we can have that conversation. But um, before then. I, I have two more questions to finish up this beautiful chat with you. And this one is really connected to you know, the culmination of your beautiful journey and what you're doing in the world right now in this moment around all these topics, right? Around all these, you know, whether it be the whales and the marine life, the Lemurian connection, the healing, you are hosting some beautiful experiences that. I'd love for you to share about if you feel called and if people have tuned into your magic and they want to know more. Absolutely. Yes. So I have fully stepped into my soul's dharma and created these magical mystery schools called Ancient Souls Remembrance Retreat. And these are unique experiences where we really dive into our heart and, and our soul. Um, they are hosted in sacred sites of the earth, connected to Lemuria in the Polynesian islands, which are behind me every October and every February in Hawaii. So it's whale season, humpback whale season in um, both of those areas in those times. We study about um, ancient wisdom. We study about Lemuria and how the, it's connected to these islands. You know, what is it? What can we learn from it that can um, benefit us in the this lifetime and this um, moment? We learn about its connection to the dolphins and the whales also, and the Akashic records and their connection to the humpback whales we study these things before actually going out to swim and connect with dolphins and whales, be in the water with them in the Polynesian islands. We're able to swim with them legally up close. Then they, you know, looking them in the eye, um, the most profound experience of my life. We also cover, um, I think I, I mentioned the star lineages too, that see Lemuria um, ancestral and inner child healing, movement medicine, vocal activation, the, in the vocal activation aspect of it, I now have created these, um, these activities to 
really open ourselves up to be able to channel music from the Akashic records. Um, and we sing and we tone to the whales. We connect with them through the toning and singing. Uh, so music, telepathy, all syncing up with the same thought of unconditional love and um, heart coherence, just being in that balanced heart-centered space. And this magnetizes the whales to us. Um, we have, yeah, movement medicine, um, ecstatic dance. We connect with the Polynesian culture through their traditional shows where they share the stories of their culture through art, through song and dance. We um, explore ancient temple ruins and the cloud forest. So yeah, there, there are all these different layers um, that really help us to connect with our soul, our hearts, each other, all the beings that are called to this experience. There is that, um, it's like an instant a reunion of cosmic soul family. And we give back to the Pacific Whale Foundation and the South Pacific Islander Organization for our upcoming retreat in uh, Hawaii. They're, the funds are going to be going to helping Maui as well. Beautiful. Very relevant right now. Very topical. Well, Aisra, I first of all, just for people tuning in, I will put all of her details and where you can find out more. Uh, about this experience and going deeper. If you're feeling the pull, I'll put it in the show notes. So for people listening to the podcast, you'll see it in the show note details. But I just want to honor you, Aisha, for really embodying everything, right? This, as I get to hear you speak about this and when you reach out to me to, to have, have this conversation, you know, the, the first thing I felt was, this soul, this woman is doing all the things she's meant to be doing. And I feel that's very rare in the world, right? For many of the reasons we've talked about today in my life, for example, I don't do things because there's fear, right? Or, or I, I worry about abandonment or rejection or, you know, all the things and that stops us. And I don't feel any of that with what you're doing. So I just, you know, I want to honor you and, I'm grateful that your magic's in the world. Thank you. I definitely experienced that. It is my heart's like deepest desire and joy. And I'm so grateful. And it's so magical when these experiences happen. And I see the rapid like transformation and remembrance of multiple people multiple times a day. It just like fills my cup up. But it, it has been uh, this deep journey of trust and surrender. And it's been terrifying at points and extremely stressful. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't change it for, for anything. I wouldn't change it for anything. And once um, I've had many different things in my life that I'm passionate about, like I'm an artist, I'm a creatrix. So anything creative, like I can, I can do it easily, but this was what I always wanted. And once you take that leap and you really follow your heart and your soul's dharma, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but once, once you're doing that, it's, you can't go back. No, no. Yeah. No. And, yeah. 
and you're guided, right? You're mm-hmm. so right. It's it's not easy, but when the challenges do arise along that blissful path, you feel supported, right? Because there's because the, there's the whole energy of the of God, higher self, universe, whatever you want to call it, is behind you, right? As you're flowing in alignment. So, yeah, I love it. There's so many different miracles and blessings and synchronicities, you know, that unfold. And I just, it's this uh, confirmation too, that I'm on the right path. So I'm so grateful for that as well. Yeah. And I hope this inspires people listening to, to do the same, right? This is a magic that we all have. Aishra, I have one more question here to wrap up our beautiful dance today. And I mean, I'm, I'm quite interested. I'm always interested in how people respond to this, but particularly what you've expressed today in your journey, I'm very intrigued how you will answer this question. I refer to this show as the cosmic love antenna. And one of the reasons for that is in my own journey, I've come back to the rem- remembrance and the awakening that in many ways, my higher power, my deepest form of consciousness is, is love itself. So in your world, Aishra, how do you personally define that four-letter word, that love word itself? Mm, yes. How do I define love? To me, love is pure. It's unconditional. It's a frequency of understanding and support it is always giving overflowing um yeah and i think that the humpback whales they can really help us to remember that essence of pure love because the humpback whales the sperm whales the elephants their hearts are so big so massive. And um, Natasha, my co-host for the Mo'orea retreat, her and I, we were having this conversation about how they're all like upholding that energetic um, field of love on the planet and how like if they were to go extinct, we feel like humans would spiral into Mm. emotional chaos you know and it's it's another reason why it's so important to protect them Mm. beautiful well your beautiful mission in the world my friend is is doing leaps and bounds towards that that beautiful prayer so i thank you for who you are and the magic that you have in the world thank you for your time today and sharing your light with all of us with everyone that's tuned in either live on Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube or listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing your energy with us. If this hits your heart today, please share this out far and wide. But until next time here on the show, we send you love, we send you light and we'll see you again very soon. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. 
finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love.